At Smoky Bones, meat is what we do, and we do it all while taking our inspiration from everywhere, from New York strips and buffalo wings to St. Louis ribs drenched in Kansas City sauce. Our meat mastery knows no bounds. We grill it, smoke it, pull it, carve it. You name it. So come try our new rib feast. That's a house rack of ribs, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink for just $19.99 when you dine in. At Smoky Bones, meat is what we do. Limited time only while supplies last were permitted by law. Are you ready to learn the business skills you need to accelerate your career? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business is now offering its highly ranked working professional MBA entirely online. Whether you choose to attend on campus, online, or a mix of both, you're in control, balancing the demands on your busy schedule. Don't wait. Start your personalized MBA journey this fall. Visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA to learn more and apply. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Australia, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. If you'd like to give us a call toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. That's 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Dan Green, and we're going to be talking about a new film that is out there exploring the concept that the Catholic Church was implicit in a holy genocide. The name of the film is The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. Our guest, Dan Green, has spent many years on a quest to uncover many secrets based around his home city of London, England. But nothing has come close to his latest shocking revelation that there is a there is evidence for an actual murder 
of Mary Magdalene and the child she was carrying at the time, the child, according to Dan Green, of Jesus Christ himself. Thoroughly prepared for a Dan Brown backlash, Dan Green has learned that sometimes such secrets are knowingly safeguarded and coded by secretive societies. This, according to the author, is when the mysterious mechanism of the collective unconscious will ensure keywords, phrases, and pictorial clues are perpetrated by the unwitting medium of the human agency, waiting to be intuitively spotted and gathered up like a join-the-dots puzzle to preserve our true memory picture. Joining me now from his home in mid-England is Dan Green. And Dan, welcome to the Exxon. A great pleasure having you with us. Hello, Robin. Greetings from Lincoln in England. Tell me, where did your interest in Mary Magdalene and the murder of Mary Magdalene come from? Right, we need to start at the start, Rob. Okay. I picked up the gauntlet thrown down by the Renle Chateau mystery that I, I hope you may have heard of. Yes. It inspired the uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, Million Seller book. It inspired mm-hmm. Dan Brown. Yes. And his Da Vinci Code. Now, I, I went to uh, Renle Chateau as far back as 1986 when the mystery was very young. It's now uh, global proportions. And all we knew at the time was that it had something to do, some, some secret concerning... Mary Magdalene, um, the parish priest at the time, uh, Berenger Sonia, during the 1890s, had found some sort of secret in his church, and he uh, consequently inherited um, a vast fortune, which we suspect uh, had something to do with, with bribing the Vatican. So anyway, I went to Renle Chateau to do my research in 1986. Mm-hmm. Now, it's high up a hill. At the top of the hill is a Mary Magdalene church, and inside the church, strangely enough, is a, a statue of a demon. Now, what I um, realized was that at Lincoln in England, if we go to Lincoln Cathedral, that is also high up a hill. Uh, it was built on the, um, a Mary Magdalene church, and it also has within it a demon statue. Right. So straight away, I noticed the parallels. Hmm. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break, uh, Dan. Please stand by explanation if you'd like to see a trailer of the murder of Mary Magdalene, genocide of the Holy Bloodline. Go to www.youtube.com and type in Dan Green or type in the murder of Mary Magdalene. Or you can even go to www.reality-entertainment.com and there's a link to it there. You'll find it very interesting, very intriguing and filled with possibilities. Dan Green is our special guest, and Dan and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Once again, if you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. And for more information on Dan Green, or if you'd like to find out more about the murder of Mary Magdalene, genocide of the Holy Bloodline, visit wwwreality Entertainment. Dot com. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. 
Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight.com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Dan Green is my special guest this hour, Exonation. We're talking about a new movie that is out. It explores the concept that the Catholic Church was implicit in a holy genocide. The name of the film is The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. And Dan, there is a question I, I would like to ask you at this time. Um, in, the, in the information that we received from uh, the good people at Reality Entertainment, um, yeah. it, it says, and I'd just like to read it again here, uh, there, there is evidence for the actual murder of Mary Magdalene and the child she was carrying at the time. The child, according to Dan Green, of Jesus Christ himself. So we're saying that Mary Magdalene was carrying the child of Christ? Yes, this had been said a little bit before, and I think uh, Dan Brown had mm-hmm. picked up on that on the Da Vinci Code as well. But this was the uh, the very earliest um, understanding of what the Renly Shadow mystery was trying to suppress, really. So I'm not original in saying and in, in, in saying that uh, Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. was the partner to Jesus Christ. A lot of people have said that, especially in recent times. But whereas they uh, understand that uh, a child was born and the bloodline resultant, I'm actually saying the rather disturbing um, news that uh, Mary Magdalene was demised and there was no uh, bloodline. That's the difference. Where do the Knights Templar come into this entire equation? Well, actually, if we go back historically to uh, the period 1110 to 1120, um, the Templars discovered some amazing secret under the Temple Mound in Sion, Jerusalem. And to this day, everybody still argues over what that secret was that they found. And I believe this is exactly what we're discussing, that uh, they they had evidence that Mary Magdalene had been um, a partner to Jesus Christ, that there had been a pregnancy, but that Mary was demised. 
Maybe you can help me understand something, uh, Dan. As far as I know, Jesus was a rabbi. It was nothing unusual for a rabbi to be married and have a family. So why? So why would this be such a uh, a devastating secret that these these uh, you know this this genocide and these secrets had to be covered up that Christ was married and going to have a, be a father? Well, the Christian Church, um, the, the, the angle that they have on it, that, that Jesus Christ was a divinity and that he couldn't succumb to human, human frailty and therefore you know, did not engage in sexual activity. And that if he did do, he was more of a human being than, than you know, a divinity or God himself. That's why they find the idea of him having a partner yeah. uh, so distasteful. Isn't that strange, especially since his father, God, created everyone on this planet? So I, I don't understand the logic behind it. Mind you, I'm not in, in that business. I'm just in the business of asking questions. I can, can you treat us to some examples of your decoding of the uh, Rennes Le Chateau parchments? Right, well, well when I came, um, I, I'd been to Rennes in um, 86, and, mm-hmm. and, and Sonia, the priest, had found a couple of parchments that, you know, it's never been totally or satisfactorily uh, decoded. Now, I'd left the mystery behind, and here I was in Lincoln in 2005, when suddenly the local newspaper ran a story uh, concerning Lincoln Cathedral. Now, at the great east window within this great Gothic architecture and wonderful, wonderful building, at the scene of the Last Supper, mm-hmm. instead, on, on the stained glass uh, window, instead of there being a, a, a cup or a loaf on Christ's platter at the, the Last Supper, right. uh, they discovered a dog. A dog? And it's there for all to see. It's uh, Yes, a dog. And the reason why nobody discovered this previously was it's so high up, mm-hmm. it's such a small image, uh, and it was only discovered when they were doing um, cleaning the glass. So it took a long, long time before this was discovered. So that set me off wondering, right, what an, an amazing anomaly it's something so strategic, the Last Supper. So I wondered, are there any more anomalies within the Lincoln Cathedral? Right. So I scoured it, and believe me, I found an amazing amount, and they all interlock and support each other. The dog turned up elsewhere uh, on a, um, a station of the cross where Christ was going to Calvary. There was the dog again. It turned up two or three times. What is, what so, is, the, what is the significance of the dog? Well, I think I might be able to explain that, because in every Masonic lodge, they have a, um, what they call a blazing star, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to represent the dog star of Sirius. So it's something Masonic. Wow. And as Masonry evolved from the, um, when the Knights Templars were incorrectly persecuted and disbanded, Masonry in this country evolved from underground Templarism. So it looks like the Templars have managed to carry on the message through Masonry. Anyway, I managed to decode the uh, famous Renan Shadow parchments, and they all just, you know, fitted like a hand in a glove. There was nothing to tweak, nothing like that whatsoever. It fitted absolutely perfectly like never before. And it actually did lead opposite the southeast corner of the Lincoln Cathedral to an X marks this spot. Now, at this time, Rob, two amazing synchronicities had occurred. First of all, uh, the British author who kick-started the whole interest in uh, the Holy Blood and the Holy Grail, and who, who went on his quest to France, his surname is actually Lincoln. So that's a weird synchronicity. Yes, and secondly, is. whilst I was doing my research in the cathedral, 
Who should arrive at Lincoln Cathedral to film scenes for the Da Vinci Code but Hollywood itself? Wow. Can you imagine how I felt when, that, when I, I, I was a recipient of the news that Hollywood is coming to film the Da Vinci Code in Lincoln Cathedral when I'm there at the time investing, investigating a very real cathedral code? Now, in the Da Vinci Code itself, um, what part of the, of the movie is actually shot in Lincoln Cathedral? I think it's it was in the chapter house, what we call a chapter house, and it, it was when they were trying to decode um, um, the cylinder. Oh, if you right, right, remember yes. the rule cylinder. Uh, that was shot in there. Quite an extensive scene. And I, I managed to meet uh, producer um, um, Ron Howard and give him a copy of my own Lincoln Cathedral Code book at the time. That was quite exciting for me. Now, this sounds more than just synchronicity to me. This sounds like more of fate. Well, quite quite yeah. honestly, the synchronicities, uh, I, you know, since I started pursuing this, Rob, I seem to have about six synchronicities be- before every breakfast. Wow. They are just so numerous that they are, in the DVD, there's most of them compacted in there as mm-hmm. I unfold exactly what happened to me authentically, um, you know. But there's so much, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they still come now because my work is not totally concluded. I still pursue it. Even though I have a location, um, there's still much, much coming my way still. Do you think this mystery will ever be solved? Well, because I have an X marks the spot um, opposite the cathedral in Lincoln, Mm -hmm. and I'd successfully decoded the Renly Shadow parchments, which nobody had ever done, I'm a likely candidate for perhaps being the one that does solve this. Now, I did approach Lincoln Cathedral because, you know, obviously there's been a lot of interest and press about all my work. And I said, well, look, I've got a location. It's a crypt under the ground where a church once stood. The, st- the, the church was demolished in 1781, the very year that the last person we know who knew the secret of Renlachato, a lady called Marie de Negan, France, she died the very year that this church that has the crypt, uh, which contains whatever I, 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 I've um, discovered, mm-hmm. uh, that was destroyed in that same year. So I, I got in touch with the cathedral um, authorities and said, look, can I have a ground-penetrating radar scan on the exact marks of spot? Um, I'm willing to pay for this myself. Uh, there'll be no structural damage. It's just a quick scan so that we can ha- you know, see scientifically if there's anything there under the ground where I'm seeing there is. Now, I didn't have to do this. I wrote a couple of books explaining the mystery as I perhaps I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I did not have to take that risk and say, look, Let's have a GPR scan and find out once and for all if there's something there, like I'm saying there is. I'll pay for it myself. Now, this was all in the, the press. The cathedral were quite happy with that. And then when it got nearer the date for the scan, they changed their mind and said, you can't have permission for the scan and went ever so silent on me. Why? Were they getting pressure from the Vatican? I have no idea. I got in touch with the Archbishop of Canterbury mm-hmm. in, in London to see if it could overturn their decision because they promised a scan and then reneged. But apparently, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who's the head of the church in, in England, can't yes. um, overturn a decision made by a local cathedral even. 
Hypothetically, if Mary Magdalene's body had been buried at that spot that you have marked with the X, and at the time when the church was uh, demolished, isn't it possible that the body would have been moved to another place just in case somebody like yourself came along years later well, and started I, connecting the dots? It seems she'd already moved, actually, because going back to the Renault Chateau mystery, people, you know, Renault Chateau fanatics are looking for a tomb of Mary in France. They don't like the fact that I've you know, fetched the work and the conclusion over to England. But I do believe that, that Mary... Uh, was for a time at Renle Chateau, um, did, was buried in a tomb over there, mm-hmm. but is no longer there. She has been moved, courtesy of the Knights Templar, over here to Lincoln, England. I believe she was put in the church that, that is now no longer standing in a crypt. The church was demolished when the lady in France who knew the secret also died. Now, whereas the church is, is demolished and there's no signs that ever existed, the crypt is still there under the ground. And all my clues um, resulting from the Renlish Outer Parchments have led me to that exact spot. What would happen, sir, and I, and, I, and I don't mean any disrespect here, what would happen if you were to take your ground penetrating radar, do your scan, and no body was there? That has been said to me before. The possibility could be what you just uh, asked of me a few moments ago, Rob, that maybe it has been moved again. If you read uh, Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code, which I know is presented as fiction, but a lot of people have argued had a great element of fact in Definitely, there. Definitely, yes. I think he, he'd mentioned it had been moved three or four times in, mm-hmm. in the history. There is a possibility that when people get close to pursuing it, uh, it, it could possibly be moved. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Dan, please stand by. It's a great pleasure and honor talking talking to you. Uh, XO Nation, if you'd like to find out more about the film that we're talking about, it's entitled The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. www.reality-entertainment.com is one place you can find it. Or if you go to YouTube and type in Dan Green or The Murder of Mary Magdalene. My name's Rob McConnell, Dan Green, and I will be back on the other side of this news break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Are you considering calling a psychic to read your situation? Then consider David Champion, a psychic medium for more than 20 years with thousands of readings under his belt. David Champion will make you feel comfortable. He has proven to be honest and accurate, He's a straight shooter. There's no guesswork. What he sees is what you get. While he is a medium, most of the calls focus on relationships. Not only love, but work, school, neighbors, and more. Need help with finding a job and preparing for the interview? Are you dealing with people who are obstacles in your path? For more information, go to davidchampion.com. $1.50 per minute, paid by credit card, with a minimum of 30 minutes. For your reading with David Champion, call 1-877-702-8598. That's 1-877-702-8598. 
Now you can dial in to listen to the Exxon Radio Show from anywhere in the world with Rob McConnell 24-7, 365 by dialing 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. If you have a mobile phone or landline, the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is now at your beck and call at 213-401-0080. That's 213-401-0080. 24-7-365. Hi, this is Eric Rawls of Cosmoverse.com, and you're listening to Rob McConnell in the Exxon. Hi, this is Blade Runner, and you are listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, I'm Laura Sabrin of Cease to Fields Organic Vineyard in Jordan, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Hi, my name is Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara-on-the-Lake, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal talk radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. special guest this hour of the Exxon. We're talking about a new film exposing the concept that the Catholic Church was implicit in a holy genocide. The name of the film is The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. And you can find more out about this. Uh, let's see, I was going to say exciting, but it's not. It's very intriguing and, and a very thought-provoking film at www.reality-entertainment.com or you can go to YouTube and uh, put in the keywords Dan Green or The Murder of Mary Magdalene. You and I were talking off-air during uh, the commercial break with the news, Dan, about the possibility of what actually might be down there and what people may be fearing you discover with this, uh, with your, with the uh, deep scan radar or sonar reading that you that you want to do, why do you think the church changed its mind? You must have you must have so, uh, uh, an idea or a gut well, feeling. Um, it would be the biggest embarrassment ever if they went along with my request and then we discovered uh, Mary Magdalene or documents uh, rewriting biblical texts and such. They'd obviously wish they hadn't done that. So I, I think, you know, they're not going to take the risk maybe because, you know, if, if they thought my research was was incorrect mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever, 
um, surely they would, you know, let me have the scan. And from their point of view, they would think, well, he won't find nothing. Nothing's going to happen here. Then that would be the end of the story. So if they really believe that there's not, you know, that I've got this wrong, and they'd like to see the back of me, why don't they just let me have that scan? I think they should. Make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. And and I agree with you that the truth must come out because if we you know what what if the entire theological stories that we believe are all lies don't we deserve the right to know the truth well that's exactly why i'm doing this yeah. uh, uh, uh rob you know i mean truth is truth and sometimes truth hurts but you know uh, because the run the shuttle mystery made a lot of sense had mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, of evidence backing up backing it up it really was something that needed to be researched and i picked up that gauntlet i would just like to point something out i've got so many notes in front of me and i'm trying to squeeze a few in Go right ahead. in 1995 mm-hmm. the dean of lincoln cathedral did something rather amazing he announced to the british public press that he thought that lincoln cathedral was the battleground between good and evil and he asked that the cathedral be closed for three months to be exorcised. Now, what was that all about? Could that have something to do with the fact that Lincoln Cathedral are a culprit uh, hiding some secret concerning Mary Magdalene and that the battle is to get the truth out? But what an amazing thing for the dean of a cathedral to suddenly say to the entire British public, and that was 1995. Now, three months, wouldn't it take about three months to exhume, fill in, and move secretly a crypt? Or That's a good point. I've not, not actually thought of that one, Rob. That's a good point. And whilst we're on, I'm looking at another note I'd like to, to, to definitely mention. Sure. That in, in 1800, um, a chap called Matthew William Peters, he had been a member of the Royal Academy of Art in England, mm-hmm. And he was famous for his paintings of, I have to say, salacious women. Now, he gave up working as an artist at the Royal Academy, and he went on to become the canon of Lincoln Cathedral. And what he did when he was here was he painted a painting which was called The Annunciation, and it was supposed to be that of the Virgin Mary. But when you take a look at the painting... You can clearly see she's dressed in red. She has all the, what, what, what is referred to as the sacred feminine aspects. Mm-hmm. She has the red hair. It is clearly not of the Virgin Mary. It is the iconic image we all recognize as Mary Magdalene. And what she's doing in the painting is looking over a short distance at a plinth, a black monolith, uh, with what looks like scrolls and documents on the top of it. And it matches exactly the marker tomb I've discovered opposite the southeast corner of Lincoln Cathedral. Well, there, that, uh, that sounds very mysterious to me. And I've, show, I've showed the painting to uh, your Margaret Starbird, who's mm-hmm. quite a, a well-known person in amongst all this stuff, and Margaret has agreed with me that that is a, an image of the sacred feminine. Once, once again, you know, I, I, I have a real hard time with all the mystery behind this. The, the truth has to come out, all right? And, you know, if, if Jesus was a rabbi, he did have a family, so what? So what? So the Son of God was more human than we'd like to, or, or certain members of the church would like to accept. But once again, I bring it back to the very beginning of, 
of of theology where God said, and let us create man in our image and our likeness. So his son was one of us. I think that's fantastic. And it's natural, of course. Right. So, so why wouldn't the church want the truth to be known? You know, unless the entire myth about Christ was not real. And they're suppressing... Well, that's, so, that's something else, uh, Rob. I mean, as I say, my work is... I'm still persevering yeah. with my work. There's lots that I can't say at the moment because I, I need to let people take in the movie first. Sure. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a good distance ahead of that now. Yeah. Uh, and yes, but you may have touched on something there. That much I will say. I've always said the greatest conspiracies in the world are not being committed by any government but the Vatican. But that's just that's just my belief. Why do you think... Oh, carry on, Rob. Why, why do you think, Dan, that for so many years people thought the Holy Grail was actually the chalice that was, that was used at the Last Supper? And it's taken so long for the clues to be accumulated or assimilated that the chalice was the child that Mary Magdalene was carrying. And I think everybody accepts that now. I think when, when we were believing it was a chalice, it was medieval days, it was mm-hmm. centuries ago, our understanding perhaps was not up to speed as it is now. Um, you know, people were still kept in the dark, they were, weren't allowed to think for themselves, mm-hmm. um, they could be persecuted for that. But now that, you know, we're free spirits and can think for ourselves, this is why we've arrived at that conclusion, I think. But are we free spirits, and are we allowed to think for ourselves? My goodness. Well, schools schools, are, schools uh, around the world are still teaching children that Christopher Columbus discovered the Americas, and we know for a fact that the Vikings were over here, the Egyptians were had to trade with the uh, the Native Americans, and that, of course, the good old Irish discovered the first pubs in America 500 years before Christopher Columbus ever foots, uh, stepped foot on the, uh, on the Americas. I think what we can safely say is that new information, new revelations are coming out all the time, mm-hmm. constantly. Everything's it, changing and becoming more uh, of a greater clarity and understanding. Things that have been deliberately obscured or hidden or misled for whatever reasons, religious or political, they're now coming out. I mean, I don't wish to talk about the, the, the Catholic Church scandal at the moment, but I mean, that, that, is, that has come out. That is an absolute disgrace on the Catholic Church. I mean, over the last week here, there's more claims coming from Holland, Germany, Austria. You know, we've had it in Ireland. You've had it in America. That was one big secret, I'm afraid, that the Catholic Church could no longer keep um, hidden. Yeah. Uh, you found a secret dossier, dossier in a library. Can you tell us about that? Yes, um, well, I'd already arri- arrived at my X marks a spot mm-hmm. by decoding the wren parchments, and then by pure serendipity, which is, I think the psychologists call it a chance find. It's like when you're looking for something, but it finds you. Right. Um, um, I was directed to a library in Grantham, which is maybe 20 miles away from Lincoln Cathedral, and um, a dossier that, that had been deposited there um, it's their prized possession. They don't know exactly who or when deposited it, but it's dated 1917. That's the year that the parish priest Sonia died at Renland Chateau. And it's allegedly written by Victor Hugo, France's most famous novelist, mm-hmm. and the alleged second last grand master of the Priory of Sion. That's all involved in the Renland Chateau mystery. Now, 
it, it's definitely not written by Hugo. I, I've analyzed the writing. But anyway, it's a quest uh, for a search for a village or, or, or called Wyville. Now, what makes this so bizarre is that right next to Grantham is an actual um, village called Wyville, ever so small. So we have this dossier with its cryptic, cryptic clues and illustrations that start in Wyville, and yet it's looking for Wyville. Now, that doesn't make sense. But when you follow the clues that's in the secret dossier, not only does it lead to the same area where my conclusions are, mm -hmm. but it really looks like it's a Masonic document, and it's not actually the place name Wyville, which is W-Y-V-I-L-L-E, but it's actually a Masonic play on for Wife Hill. Not Wyville, Wife Hill. The wife, of course, Mary Magdalene, wife of Jesus. That's what it seems to intimate. Very interesting. Now, the library, you have no idea when that was deposited mm -hmm. or who by. You just have it locked up in, in safety. It's ever so obscure. I don't think anybody really knows about it. It was pure chance that somebody mentioned it to me, and uh, they said there seems to be a document in the library written by Victor Hugo. I had to check that one out, and the rest is history. But that in itself is a mystery, the Wyville document. But it's certainly not Wyville, the actual place name nearby the library. It's Wife Hill. And it leads you there, and it leads you at the same spot that my decoding of the Renly Chateau parchments do. Now, among the, the illustrations that go with the Wyville document mm -hmm. are interesting because they, are, they have knives and daggers there. And that's what really set me thinking, why have we got the introduction of daggers? Because if you um, view Lincoln Cathedral by the air, mm -hmm. it's in the shape of a cross of Lorraine, which is a, a Knights Templar emblem. And that emblem's also known as the double cross or the double dagger. So I noticed that straight away. And then I started thinking, if we found some remains or evidence of Mary Magdalene or her bones itself, mm -hmm. why is there a dagger involved? And then I thought of da Vinci's famous painting, The Last Supper. Now, if you take a look at that um, canvas again, um, um, people who believe in the Wren mystery and Dan Brown also promoted that next to Jesus, it's not St. John, it looks very much like a female, it's Mary Magdalene. A lot of people... Uh, accept that. Right. Now, if we just carry on with that belief, directly next to the Mary figure is Peter, and he's making that very menacing um, um, gesture across Mary's throat. And also, as everybody now knows in, in, in the Da Vinci painting, there is a disembodied hand close to Peter, and it's wielding a knife. There's no argument over that. Everybody can see it. So you've got a very menacing Peter next to Mary, and a disembodied knife whilst he's making a threatening gesture across her throat. And of course, the Catholic Church was founded on uh, Peter. Yes. So, daggers started to come into the whole scenario. I then discovered um, a few years ago, in 2002, there was an announcement. Um, there'd been a private 
um, Swiss collection of paintings, and one of them was a Da Vinci, which we'd never seen before. The public only got to see it in 2006. It's been authenticated. It's definitely a Da Vinci, and the painting is of Mary Magdalene. Now, when we take a look at the painting, she's uh, holding a veil, mm-hmm. but if we look a little bit above the veil, we'll see scar tissue and she's holding a crumpled piece of garb which when you understand how people used to paint things cryptically the the shadow in the garb actually looks very much like a dagger so in this painting we have scar tissue at her left abdomen and a dagger in front so then I set about looking for other possible um, indications in Magdalene paintings uh, of a wound because mm-hmm. now we know what we're looking for we might just see it through a different pair of eyes the brain's a very strange thing you only see what you expect to see I think that's a phenomenon we call scotoma but anyway uh, another painting by um, Francesco Hayes uh, of the Penitent Magdalene there again you could see in the same place the left abdomen scar tissue people would say it was just folded skin of course but now we're looking for a fresh pair of eyes we're looking for a wound dan stand by we've got to take our final break dan green is my special guest www.reality-entertainment.com we'll be back on the other side of this break don't go away i'm william s peckham if you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal then you'll love my novel from out of the woodwork It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings, slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Thank you. 
Fun. Dan Green is my special guest, Exo Nation. We're talking about a new film that uh, ex- explores the concept that the Catholic Church was implicit in a holy genocide. The name of the film is The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. It's uh, It can be viewed by going to YouTube.com and uh, using the keywords uh, Dan Green or the murder of Mary Magdalene, and you can check it out at www.reality-entertainment.com. So, uh, how many more of these these paintings of Mary Magdalene have you noticed the um, the the scarring in? Well, uh, Rob, in in the DVD, um, obviously, I say my my research is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't mentioned one as we've been speaking today. It's in the DVD, and it's the one for me which clearly shows to an audience that Mary Magdalene died by a dagger wound. You can see the wound, you can see the dagger, that's as much as I'll say at the moment, it's in the DVD. Final couple of questions for you. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Um, what can you tell us about the unexpected find of the tomb of the unnamed woman, which you say is the red herring of the quest? Well, when the Da Vinci Code was being um, filmed at Lincoln Cathedral, another amazing synchronicity happened. As they were laying down the wires for to provide further illumination, uh, they discovered a tomb uh, that they had no information about. It shouldn't have been there. They just discovered this tomb. Um, they had no, as I said, no information, which is ridiculous because if you've got a tomb in the precincts of Lincoln Cathedral, mm-hmm. The amount of paperwork that would need for for that to be allowed to be buried there, there would be a record of it somewhere. So anyway, they hit uh, a coffin. Uh, the archaeologists uh, concluded it was of a female with her head missing, and it dated back to the 14th or 15th century. Wow. Now, I believe that for anybody who ever believed that the Magdalene could be in the vicinity, this was the red herring. This was a tomb that people could perhaps find and think, right, well, this is it, and there's no treasure there, there's no documents, nothing, give it up. Because the tomb that I've located Mm -hmm. is only about 400 yards away from this one. But when it was uh, discovered, you know, just accidentally by workmen, the cathedral had no information on it whatsoever and certainly didn't know it was there. So that gives me um, the freedom to say, well, if there was one tomb there that they never knew was there, can't there be another one? But I believe um, this was a red herring, that at some point in history, uh, provisions were made for this to be put here, so that if anybody was searching the area for the tomb of Mary Magdalene, they could find this or would find this, and they would think that was it, concluded. It's a red herring. Dan, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the Exxon. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and uh, thank you for sharing some of the insight into the new film that is out, Exxon Nation, The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline. Dan Green has been our very special guest this hour, and Dan, once again, our many thanks, and uh, great job. Thank you. It's been wonderful. You take care of yourself. I hope to have you back on the show. Uh, We'll be able to talk more about this fascinating mystery. Uh, you watch I, that DVD, Rob. You watch that DVD. 
I promise you I will. Okay, sir. You take care of yourself, Dan. Bye for now. Bye-bye, Dan. And I'd like to thank the good people at Reality Entertainment for helping make this interview possible with our guest this hour, Dan Green. Once again, the name of the film Nation is The Murder of Mary Magdalene, Genocide of the Holy Bloodline, www.reality-entertainment.com. I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past the hour as the Exxon continues right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Are you passionate about your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked Working Professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu slash WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. 